Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Al D. This is a show designed for aspiring current and former MBAs looking for advice on how you can grow your career through an MBA degree. During each episode, I'll talk to MBA students, graduates, and leaders about the MBA experience, navigating the workplace, and career development so you can learn how to develop and achieve your own version of career success through an MBA and beyond. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Alyssa Sangster, who is the CEO of Forte, an organization that is dedicated towards advancing women leaders in business and primarily does so by encouraging and empowering women who are interested in pursuing an MBA. During this conversation, Alyssa and I had a great talk about why they are so focused on getting more women into business school and getting more women into positions of leadership within the business world. We further talked about how people who are early in their career can think about how an MBA can help them advance in their career and how Forte specifically helps women in terms of the programs and offerings that they provide for women who might be curious about an MBA and who might think that it might be the next best step in their career, whether that's a full-time MBA or a part-time or executive MBA. Uh, If you're a female out there who is considering an MBA, this is a great episode for you. And please make sure to check out Forte with all their links are in the show notes. All right. I am here with Alyssa Sangster, who is the CEO of Forte Foundation. And Alyssa, thank you so much for being here. I always love starting with a warm-up question. So my first question to you is, what was your first job and what did you learn from that experience? Oh, it was a long time ago, Al. So I will say my very first job was in an admissions office at a junior college. And so I have to say that was a little bit of a foretelling of where I might end up in my career. But I was at that time making folders and labels and really exciting things like that as a student worker. But after that, my first job after college was as an assistant buyer at a large retail company. And I was very excited to get that job straight out of college. I got it out of the career center and not everybody did that, especially English majors didn't get jobs in business out of the career center. And that's what I was an English major, but I went into their leadership training class. And I think it was just really a great learning environment just for someone who had not been officially in business. I had worked in retail, but I had not really been on the backside of it, really looking in the buying offices And I felt like I learned a lot about business in that role. I think they might have improved their leadership training program now because my first or one of my memories from back then was that they had a training session for us and somebody came in and on a whiteboard just wrote a big circle and said, this is the industry and the company and how we run. And then they drew this tiny little circle like gears. And it said, and these are the assistant buyers, this tiny little circle down here in the corner. And I thought, is that supposed to inspire us that we're somehow responsible for this huge engine? Or are they really pointing out that we're this tiny little part of the organization and don't get too big britches when it comes to the role you play? So I think it was that was interesting. I also remember that there was a young man who was in our class with us and he was talking to us like at lunch or something. And he told us that he had made more money that when he had negotiated, he had gotten a bump in his salary. And when I had tried to negotiate, they said, no, all the salaries are the same. And I said, I wonder why they did that. And he said, that's because I have a family. 
And um, I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. That, so that was the negotiating tactic he used and they responded. And so those are like two prominent memories I have from that very first job post-college. Sure. And I think to your point, it sounds like both of those memories and experiences played a role in terms of how you've navigated your own career and even perhaps even to the role that you're in now, which maybe we can start with. So I know CEO, obviously big job, but what is your role and what inspires you to do the work that you do each and every day? Sure. So obviously CEO of Forte, and we really are focused on advancing women in business. And what is what was most important to me when I took this role was really that it was around business education, the MBA. It was an organization that was being created to really address how women could advance better in this field. But it was also something that was already a passion of mine. I have an MBA. I had worked for 10 years in MBA programs. I had been involved at a national and international level on graduate management education and programs and professional development for that industry. So there were so many things about it that really were synergistic in terms of my background and then where the organization was planning to go. So that's what inspired me is because I really do believe in the power of business education. But when you intersect that with how can women be more effective and advance more efficiently up that ladder, then those things were also very important to me. So it was a kind of a a perfect storm of a career move. (laughs) Certainly. And I wanted to ask you just another question on that. And it's really around Forte's mission. And the way that I might frame this up is... In some respects, as I think about the work that you're trying to do in terms of advancing women, particularly in the workplace, into leadership positions and business education, on one hand, I could see the enduring nature of that mission. But on the other hand, I also recognize that the world of work has changed significantly in many ways and for many people. So I would just love to hear from you. How is What is Forte's mission and how has or maybe hasn't it changed uh, since you've taken Uh, this role, particularly within the context of our workplace today. Sure. No, that's great. I think you're right. I mean, over this 20 years, a lot has changed. I remember in the very early days, there was one CEO, Carly Fiorina at HP and one woman CEO, and that was it. And so when you looked around for leadership, role models or inspiration, there really wasn't a lot to see at the very top echelon of business. And so There was also 25% women enrolled in MBA programs. And when you thought about what is it we can make a difference doing, it was, let's address that problem specifically. It was hard to go in and just say, let's change the number of CEOs overnight. That's not going to happen. But because of the business schools and the companies that we had already enlisted in the work we were doing before I even became the first employee and the CEO there was an opportunity to bring that group together and to write a business plan for how can we make that number change? What are the things we need to do? Here's some research. We had the catalyst study that was done before Forte started that was really looking at why more women weren't enrolled in business and pursuing business leadership. And so all of that came together. And that's that's ultimately what we did was let's address the number of women in MBA programs. Let's try to increase that to 50-50, more like law school and medical school looked at the time. And that's the first step we can make. And so we've seen that number go from 25%. Now it's up at 42% on average, but we're starting to see schools hit the 50% mark. We have 17 of our partner schools that were at 45 or more. So all of these things progressed us toward that mission. 
I think as a follow-up, I know many of my listeners, one of the questions that they really have is around this idea of how do I grow my career as the world of work is changing? And I'd just be curious, given the work that you do with Forte, the fact that you talk to employers, the fact that you have many Forte alum who are female leaders in the workplace, how has the workplace evolved and how is Forte evolving with that? Sure. So I think we recognize that first problem was there weren't enough women in an MBA program. And then we also, as we started to work toward building that, this layer, like this onion, we start peel back these layers of the onion. And every time we peeled back the layer, there was another opportunity for us to figure out a solution for. So building that pipeline was important, but as women graduated and got those MBAs and they moved into the workforce, it was clear that companies and organizations weren't necessarily ready for them and ready to adapt and change to the way the work world was going to be with more women moving into those leadership positions. So we have created this network, and I think an MBA helps create a network so that you, as you leave business school, you are able to go out and uh, pursue your career, but also fall back on a lot of benefits that the MBA gives you. One of those being a network. One of them is just the skill set it gives you. It makes things portable. It makes your career able to adapt and change. So the MBA, I think, is built in with that flexibility. And as the world required more flexibility, more adaptability, more of a collapsing of industries where leaders move across those industries, that's what an MBA is really meant to do for people. And so having more women equipped with that degree has given them the flexibility and the adaptability as they've moved up in their leadership roles. So an observation that I've made in my time talking with thousands of MBAs is that while the MBA really does give you that network, being a part of a program like Forte, an institution like Forte, is also a really uh, good opportunity to have an additional network that furthers and advances your career as you navigate while you're in business school or perhaps even beyond. Could you share a little bit more just around how you're seeing some of the participants in your program not only get a network from going to business school, but perhaps also being able to take advantage of what Forte has to offer, maybe even after they graduate from business school. Sure. So before I go to after, I'll say before we see women, we have a conference coming up in June for MBA women, and if they've never even gotten to campus to start their courses, but they're already meeting each other at the MBA conference. So we have people just like you hear MBA peers say, oh, I met someone and now they're in my wedding and we vacation together all the time. That actually happens in our at our conference. It happens in the MBA launch program that we can talk about later. And it also happens after they graduate and go out into the workforce. And one of the things that's important to us is that geographically, the women who have been a Forte fellow, who have participated in Forte programs, that they know and know each other in their geographic area. They know each other at their company and they know that they can connect with those women. So we do a lot of programming in these big cities where women can come and meet each other. And then, of course, we do a lot of things to bring them back into the Forte fold to inspire the future MBA women through coaching and role modeling and just highlighting career paths, all of those things that are really important for women to see the way forward. I want to talk for a second just about women in particular who are earlier in their career. So these are individuals who perhaps have been in the workplace for a few years, have done well in some capacity, and are thinking about perhaps the next step, thinking about advancement, thinking about professional development, 
in many cases, an MBA could be an opportunity for them to pursue based off of what the work that you do and also even just the early career women that you talk to. What are your thoughts in terms of how an MBA could potentially be a great path to help them advance in their careers? Well, I think an MBA just really gives you opportunities that often are not available to you unless you've gone through this program and exited out on the other side. And so I think depending on where your aspirations are, an MBA is a great tool, resource, pathway for you to get from point A to point B. So understanding where you want to go is the first piece of the puzzle and whether or not the MBA is that that key that can get you, can open that lock, I guess, to get to the other side. I think that about 42% of the women who are CEOs in the S&P 500 have an MBA. And I think for men, it's very similar number. So it's not remarkable that the women are there, but it's good to know that it's a key pathway into that very senior role. And if that is one of your aspirations, then an MBA is a really great tool or resource to get you there. It's also a place where you can get a salary bump. And so I think when you look at your, what we will call pre-MBA salary, whatever that salary is today, what is it that the MBA can do for you? And we've seen anywhere from a 55 to 65% jump in terms of that pre to post. And financially, it's a really good resource. And if more women are not taking advantage of that MBA to move to that other side, then that's also something that can hold them back. And you can advance in your career obviously without an MBA, but this kind of gives you a bit of a jump faster than you would otherwise. So I think what we feel like is for women, it's portable, it's flexible, it's adaptable. It gives you confidence because on the other side of the MBA, you have an MBA beside your name. You also have a skill set that is now valued by business. And so if you're coming from an undergraduate degree that maybe doesn't have a lot of technical expertise, or you're coming from a technical background and you don't have a lot of business expertise, then the MBA can really help with both of those things and guide you into pathways of business opportunities that you wouldn't have had open to before. Hey there, it's Al. And thanks so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. I wanted to take a quick break to ask you a small favor. I'm loving doing this show and I hope you're enjoying it too. If you're enjoying this episode, I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes to leave a review and rate this podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, or simply share it on social media or send it to a friend. I'm incredibly grateful for your support. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. I think you, one of the things you hit on that I think is, is important is this idea of the compensation and salary bump that can come from going to getting an advanced degree, and that certainly is valuable within the context of being able to, in the short term, certainly have a higher compensation uh, and to also perhaps over the longer term, put yourself on a trajectory to open up things that you may not see right now, but are important in the future. But the other side of that certainly is the ROI cost equation, right? In terms of the MBA is an investment and like many investments, it does require some upfront cost. In your experience at Forte and working with uh, the folks in your program, how do you advise individuals to think about that ROI investment and cost equation for an MBA? Because it certainly is an investment, but I'd just be curious to know how you help women think about that. Sure. It's kind of back to really being crystal clear about what you're hoping to even, and definitely you hear the ankle biter (laughs) comments around MBAs just think they're worth so much more and they come out of an MBA program and they think they should make all this money. And we're here to tell you that's not going to happen. And I think that there's a, you don't want to go out with this false 
confidence, like you figured out how to solve all the problems of the world just because you got an MBA. But I think that companies that value students who are attracted to the MBA, students who go through that process, companies are willing to pay for that because they do know that you've set foot, you stepped out and said, I am interested in business leadership. Business is interesting to me. Refining business is important. How can I become a leader? That's just who's attracted to this MBA experience. So I think that you want to think about what's that ROI for sure. You want to think about how you pursue the degree. Do you want to go full-time? Do you want to go part-time? Is it an executive program, depending on where you are in your career? And one of the services that we offer is really exploration of that full spectrum of models or ways to pursue that MBA. And you want to look at the salary. You want to look at what the salary is at those business schools. And you want to also look at what are the feeder organizations, companies, and the industries that primarily recruit there. And then you want to align yourself with the the business school where you're going to be the most successful and you're walking out the door as one of their top graduates. You want to aim for going to a business school where that opportunity is going to be for you. You don't want to walk in and immediately feel behind and always struggling to keep up. And that's, again, part of that exploration is fit and understanding which business school is going to be the best for you based on the outcomes that you want and the experience you want while you're in that MBA program. So I think the other piece that a lot of people probably mention is career changing versus career advancement. Most MBAs are career changing. There are, especially in part-time and maybe executive programs, a higher propensity for that. But in a full-time program, sometimes behind the scenes, we joke and say about 95% are career changers. Now coming in, they might 60% might say they are career changers and 40% say, no, 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 staying in the same industry. And about two weeks in, they've all changed their mind and they're all career changers. So it's, it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah. So something I was just thinking about as we were talking, when we think about the ROI, certainly there is an element of it that is easily quantifiable. And then there are some other parts that are more qualitative. Mm-hmm. And one of the qualitative elements, which I think you could actually make the argument, could be quantitative, but is this idea about the network and perhaps even the social capital that you might be able to obtain from going to get an MBA or being even a part of Forte for that matter. Could you talk a little bit about that within the context of how you've seen some really good examples of women who have gone through Forte and who've gone to business school really take advantage of that and get access to that? And I would love to have you do it just because I know it's something that people talk about all the time, but feels a little amorphous, Mm -hmm. but perhaps maybe through some examples of what you've seen from some of the women who've gone through your program, you might be able to make it a little bit more real for the audience. No, that's great. And yeah, that, that network, I'm sure it's quantifiable. I'm sure someone's made an algorithm or something for how business school affects your long term network. But I'll start with something a bit more general, which is business school is a little like a Petri dish. And so it's a chance for you to reach out to alums and have conversations with people who would never talk to you probably in a regular environment, especially if you worked with them. But they're willing because they're an MBA, you're an MBA from the same school, you're a Forte fellow, you're a consortium fellow, whatever it is, the door, the wall comes down and they're willing to have that conversation. And so I think that the piece about business school, I mean, being a student generally opens that door and makes it easy. 
It's also a place where you can meet people in your classroom that you would never meet before because you're in a work job every day and they're coming from all these amazing places and they're giving you their experience in the classroom conversation. And so you're learning from them, getting to know them, getting their insights, all of that works just so well. And honestly, the MBA classroom is just as much, maybe half the conversation and the insights as it is the hardcore concept that you're learning. And so I think a good faculty member brings all that together for you. And that doesn't always happen in law school and med school and other master's degrees. It's so valued in that MBA experience. An ex a specific example Danae Ringelman, who is or was the CEO of Indiegogo, I don't know, she might be chairman now, I can't remember what she's done exactly, but she told this story one time when she was at the MBA Leadership Conference, how she had an idea and she went into Berkeley and as at the Haas School, decided she was going to start this business. And so every school project, every faculty conversation, every outside project, every pitch competition, all she did was pitch or do a project on this business idea. Every faculty office hour, every alumni conversation she could have with venture capitalists and entrepreneurs and tech people, that's all she did. She didn't think about anything else, her entire MBA. So by the time she finished, she launched a successful company. She had all of this amazing network that was going to help guide and advise her. She had built a board of directors. She had all of these people on her team. So it was like she just used the MBA to build a business 100%. And I think I think that's a good example of what you can accomplish if you really put your mind to it. Everybody doesn't have to do that, but there are all those opportunities in that two-year window for you to do something meaningful and significant if so choose. I think that example really illustrates and brings to life the potential possibilities particularly from the relationship building and networking piece. So one of the things I think is unique is that given the role of Forte, you have a good view, bird's eye view about working with schools as well as companies and employers. And would be just curious to know from you, what do you think schools and companies can continue to do or should start doing to really make sure that they're setting up female leaders for success in the business world? I think I'll start with schools and I'll say that we've improved the number of women entering business schools. And if a school has not thought about, we've changed the demographic of who's attending our business school, have we also addressed any issues internally within our classroom setting, within our business school environment, within our training and education of our students and our faculty and our administrators to address a different composition of an MBA class. And what does that look like? So in the classroom, have we really thought about the adaptation of the conversation? Have we looked at case studies? If we're learning from case studies, is every case study we put forward a white male? Or have we thought about the diversity of that? Do we have the representation of women leaders in the classroom? There's plenty of women leaders to choose from now. Have we made sure that we have showcased their leadership style and their approach to different problems? And how might that differ from a male? And have we also thought about, if we're not super reliant on cases, have we thought about who we bring in for speakers and what kind of articles we're reading? Is there a way to make sure that we're at least representative of all the different leadership styles? And that doesn't mean that 
all women look different than all men. But if you're not at least thinking about some of these differences, what problems they've faced, what industries they're in, then you're not really reflecting the true fabric of leadership. And so you want the men to see that in the MBA classroom and you want the women to see those leaders for inspiration and for normalizing what's out there in the work world. So I think that's important. I know at Darden, they had done some work with their students where they went in and did an evaluation of the cases that they were teaching in this one particular course. The students work with the faculty member. And I believe within a year, they were able to solve the problem, have 50-50 representation of cases in terms of gender And the faculty member was happy, the students were happy. And so it was a real success story of something that changed quickly. And we also work with Emerald Publishing to sponsor a case competition, case writing competition every year to identify more female protagonists in those case studies. And so we give awards for particular cases that have the female as the lead protagonist in that case study. And I think Harvard is doing the same in terms of their cases. They're constantly looking for how to diversify that library of cases. So a lot of people are working on that. But I think as you go beyond just learning tools, thinking about what's the classroom discussion look like? Are faculty even aware of it? An accounting professor may say, I don't need to be worried about that. I'm teaching you LIFO, FIFO, or whatever it is. That's not really gender-based. And that may be true for certain parts of that, but there are lots of ways that you can still have conversations about different approaches, even in an accounting class. I think for the schools, thinking about that dynamic, what you're bringing students into, it is a Petri dish, as I mentioned. It's an open opportunity for students to have dialogue about these issues, to think about, I'm going to be a leader at this corporation when I graduate. What kind of leader do I want to be? And how am I going to change as I go through this two-year program? How am I going to change and adapt my leadership style, my interest to be reflective of what I'm learning in the school? So it's that's on the school side. On the corporate side, I would say there are a lot of conversations out there right now that companies are asking themselves, what can we do to better retain our workforce? And of course, the economy goes up and down. And so one, one year we're talking about everybody's short on talent. And then all of a sudden, everybody's laying people off. And then six months later, we're short on talent. I think the general overriding concern is that we are going to be short on leadership and high potential talent, and that the world economy is continuing to squeeze a little. So companies need to be thinking about career development. So have you have you thought about how you're sponsoring the women in your leadership pipeline? Are you making sure that they have representation behind the closed doors when conversations are being had about who we're going to advance, who we're going to give the top assignments to? Are you making sure that that conversation is going on? Making sure you're giving those leaders regular and direct feedback. So if you're talking about things behind closed doors and it's something that person is short or deficient on then that needs to be communicated. If you're just talking behind closed doors and you're not communicating it to the candidate or the leader, potential leader, then you're not doing them the best service that you can. So I think those two things are really important. And then I would say investing in professional development. So what we've seen from some of our research is that so many people don't have a career plan, men and women. Companies aren't laying out what are those steps to leadership. 
they're not investing in them and their professional development and really being transparent about what it takes to move up into leadership. And honestly, if they're not having those conversations, then what we've heard women say is, if I don't know, then I don't think they believe in me, then I'm going to go look for something else and you're going to lose that candidate. So I think the more transparent companies can be about where the candidate is going and what the opportunities are and what they need to really define their success there, then you're going to have a better opportunity to retain them and continue moving them into those senior roles. So I know we've talked a lot about schools and companies, but I also know that you all are doing your part to help more women who are particularly those who are interested in ascending to leadership roles through the power of business school. Could you share a little bit more just about some of the programs in particular that might be relevant for my audience of folks who are early in their career or perhaps looking, thinking and looking and exploring of if an MBA might be the next best step in their career? Sure. We do programming in college. So even though we've talked a lot about the MBA, we do a lot of activities and programs on college campuses. I'm not going to go into that, but there is still a lot being done. But as they graduate and they move into this kind of early career, we're really trying to help them explore the MBA, but also their own career trajectory. And we want to make sure that we've laid out through you know, webinars, education, content, role models, speakers, that they're able to really see all the different options within business. We also know that from the McKinsey study, that broken rung, that first managerial role post-college, three to four years out, women are not advancing as quickly into those roles as men. And if you look at underrepresented women, the progression is even slower. Thinking about what are those skill sets, what are those conversations you need to have? We have a program called Career Strategist that women can go through that is a curriculum-paced curriculum with breakout sessions and groups that they can meet with to encourage them with facilitated conversations. And that helps you really think about what is my value? What is it I conversations do I need to have with my employer, my manager? Um, so that's a program that really helps them um, move forward. And honestly, if you're on that path, that's also really good for your MBA. If you're thinking about applying for an MBA, showing that progression and getting that first promotion, that's really important to show your leadership trajectory when you're applying. Then we have all kinds of programs around getting your MBA from our MBA forums, where you go to meet schools, to our MBA launch program, a very intensive um, program that helps you apply to business school, many different varying methods of how you can even go through MBA launch that are tailored to your kind of needs and situation. And then post-MBA, we have a new program that's been going on for a couple of years called RISE. And so it's really helping women who have the MBA. Maybe you're going through a transition. Maybe you've been on an international assignment. Maybe you've stepped out for family reasons. Maybe you're just feeling stuck and whatever you chose straight out of business school doesn't really resonate anymore. But that program is intended to help you get through whatever that transition is. It's got coaching and reflection and a peer group and expert advice, all of the things you would need to really help make that transition. So that's another program that we're really proud of and excited to have. So a lot of different opportunities for women out there who are curious about exploring the value of an MBA degree. Alyssa, maybe as we close off here, just any closing advice for women out there who are thinking about an MBA? Yeah, I think the reason we have the MBA launch program is because women 
often fell out of the MBA pipeline as they were going through the application process. Something overwhelms you, maybe it's life, maybe it's taking the GMAT, the GRE, whatever it is, but having some other people around you to encourage you and support you through that journey is really important. So my first advice after we've talked about the ROI and all the other things you need to think about is find a group that you can meet with that can be that encouragement. MBA Launch provides that for you once you're ready to really start the process, but make sure you're having good conversations with people about the MBA and you're not feeling discouraged just because you're doing it alone. And I would say, you know, there's so many different career possibilities with an MBA. Our most important thing is that women at least consider the MBA. I don't want to ever hear, well, I didn't even know about an MBA and the opportunities that that it had. And I want women to at least do the research, understand what the opportunities are. So I would encourage them to pursue that. Why not? Why wouldn't they at least look into it if it's something that they're interested in? Well, this has been a wonderful conversation, Alyssa. Thank you so much for joining. If people want to learn more about Forte, where should they go? Well, you can go to our website, fortefoundation.org, and we are on all the social media platforms. So check us out there. There's always something new and interesting available. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.